0: Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of craniopharyngioma from the endocrine section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this topic with a clinical snapshot. A six-year-old boy has had a daily dull headache for the past six months. He says that it is a continuous dull headache that increases a bit every day. He can't focus on playing with friends at school anymore due to the pain. On physical exam, his physician is concerned when the patient's visual field is notably decreased bitemporally. Additionally, physical exam reveals papilledema bilaterally. A STAT-CT scan is done, revealing supracellular calcifications. This is a case of craniopharyngioma. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with an introduction about craniopharyngioma. Craniopharyngioma is a childhood tumor in the brain. In terms of the pathogenesis, it is derived from remnants of the Rathke pouch. Recall that the Rathke pouch forms the adenohypophysis in week 4 of gestation. Note that it arises from surface ectoderm. Note that it is benign on histology and slow growing. Malignant behavior with invasion in local structures may recur after resection. Metastases are rare. The blood supply to this tumor is typically from the anterior circulation of the brain. Tumor characteristics include dystrophic calcification, cyst formation, and hemorrhage. In terms of the epidemiology, craniopharyngioma is the most common childhood supratentorial tumor. It is the most common cause of pituitary hypofunction in children. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation, including symptoms and physical exam findings of craniopharyngioma. It most commonly presents with headaches. The headaches are progressive, dull, and continuous. It also presents with bitemporal hemianopia. Recall that pituitary adenomas present similarly. This is due to compression of the optic chiasm. The tumor can compress the pituitary gland and cause hypopituitarism. This would cause hypothyroidism, adrenal failure, and diabetes insipidus. In terms of diagnostic evaluation, a CT scan with contrast is used for diagnosis. It would show a suprasellar calcified cyst. On histology, you would notice cholesterol crystals and calcifications. With respect to a differential diagnosis, the four main differentials to keep in mind are pituitary adenoma, glioma, medulloblastoma, and meningioma. In terms of the treatment of craniopharyngioma, surgical resection is the main treatment modality. If the tumor is not completely resectable, you would follow with radiotherapy. Let's now discuss the prognosis, prevention, and complications of craniopharyngioma. In terms of the prognosis, there is a better prognosis for patients that are less than 20 years of age, The 5-year survival rate in this age group is 99%. There is a poorer prognosis for patients that are older than 65 years of age. The 5-year survival rate in this age group is 38%. And the main complication of craniopharyngioma is vision loss. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 15-year-old boy is brought to the pediatrician by his parents due to his complaints of a dull headache, fatigue, and cold intolerance for the past few months. He has been taking driving lessons for his permit, but has recently noticed that he has poor ability to see cars approaching on either side with his peripheral vision. Physical examination is notable for presence of bilateral papilledema the patient is referred to neurosurgery to discuss options for resection. Which of the following brain tumors was most likely found in this patient? 1. craniopharyngioma; 2. Ependymoma 3. Medulloblastoma 4. Pylocytic astrocytoma or 5. Pinealoma And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1, craniopharyngioma. This young patient with headache, bitemporal visual field defects, and papilledema most likely has a craniopharyngioma. Remember, craniopharyngioma is a childhood brain tumor that arises from surface ectoderm and is derived from remnants of Rathke pouch. It is the most common childhood supratentorial brain tumor and commonly presents with symptoms of progressive, dull, and continuous headaches due to increased intracranial pressure from mass effect or hydrocephalus, bitemporal hemianopia due to compression of the optic chiasm given its characteristic location, and hypopituitarism due to the compression of the pituitary gland that may cause hypothyroidism, adrenal failure, or diabetes insipidus. Imaging via MRI or CT scan is diagnostic, showing a characteristic supracellar calcified cyst. Histology reveals cholesterol crystals within the fluid of the tumor and calcifications. Surgical resection is typically recommended for treatment, followed by radiotherapy if the tumor is not completely resectable. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 2, ependymoma is a childhood brain tumor that is most commonly found in the fourth ventricle and can cause hydrocephalus, leading to headaches and papilledema. Answer choice 3, medulloblastoma is a childhood brain tumor that commonly involves the cerebellum and may compress the fourth ventricle to cause hydrocephalus, leading to headaches and papilledema. Answer choice four, pilocytic astrocytoma is a childhood brain tumor that is most commonly found in the cerebellum in children and often presents with symptoms of increased intracranial pressure. And finally, answer choice five, pinealoma is a childhood brain tumor that can cause hydrocephalus as well as perino syndrome in which compression of the tectum leads to vertical gaze palsy. In summary, craniopharyngioma may present in kids with headache, bitemporal hemianopia, and hypopituitarism. Next question. A 9-year-old boy presents with polydipsia, polyuria, and a serum osmolality of 325 milliosmols per liter. A neurologic examination reveals bitemporal hemianopia. The lesion is believed to be derived from Rathke's pouch remnants. Which of the following is the most likely histologic finding? 1. Liquefactive necrosis. 2. Cystic spaces. 3. Lymphocytic infiltrate. 4. Immune complex deposition. Or 5. Branching papillae. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2, cystic spaces. This patient has a craniopharyngioma. These tumors typically exhibit dystrophic calcification, cyst formation, and hemorrhage. Remember, craniopharyngioma is a benign pituitary tumor derived from the remnants of Rathke's pouch and is the most common cause of hypopituitarism in children. The tumor is typically supracellar but can extend into the sella turcica and damage the pituitary gland. Craniopharyngioma causes bitemporal hemianopia and can cause central diabetes insipidus by preventing ADH release from the posterior pituitary. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice one: liquefactive necrosis is more commonly associated with focal bacterial or fungal infections. Answer choice three: lymphocytic infiltration is a characteristic finding in inflammatory conditions. Answer choice 4, immune complex deposition is seen with a type 3 hypersensitivity reaction. And finally, answer choice 5, branching papillae are more consistent with papillary fibroelastoma or primary tumor of the heart. And that's all for this review about craniopharyngioma. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.